Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 65. Customers, if you don't have them, guess what? You don't have a shop. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar shop, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today, I have joining us Jennifer Beaton. Jen runs three online vintage shops on Etsy. The first one opened in 2008 with a nice mix of vintage products. Several months later, she niched down and started a vintage milk glass shop, and soon after that, a vintage china shop. Jen's passion for objects with character and history started when she was little and would visit her great Aunt Esther. Aunt Esther had a beautiful, over 250-year-old homestead in Rye, New Hampshire. It was a gorgeous home filled with many antiques. Jen is also currently a proud member of the Vesti Vintage Team and the Vesties Team. She's also a proud mom of three, Catherine, Mark, and Lindsay. And Lindsay just had a brand new baby, Oliver, whom she absolutely adores. Wow, Jen, there's a lot going on in your life nowadays. Welcome to the show. Thank you. As our listeners know, we like to start off our conversation by getting to know you in a little bit of a different way, and that is by having you describe a motivational candle. So if you were to picture the perfect candle that symbolizes what you're all about, what color would the candle be and what would be the quote? My candle color would be red. That's the color of fire, fierce, and bright. And my quote on the candle would be, go for it. Just go for it. Whatever your passion is, go for it. Don't settle for bad excuses not to do it. That's what you did with the Etsy shops by starting with one and having three very quickly. Exactly. A lot of people have been asking me about Etsy, and I do not propose to know anything about things unless I've already done them. So I was on the search to try and find somebody who could really share a lot more about this platform with us. And I was so impressed with a lot of your shops, you know, just seeing the first shop. And the first one I saw was Jen's Closet. And then to see that you had multiple shops and been on there for quite a while was what led me to contact you so that you can share and enlighten all of us here today. Let's go back and let's start right in the beginning. How did you decide that you were going to do this and specifically choose Etsy as your platform? Well, I owe it all to my older daughter, Lindsay. She had started an Etsy shop there selling jewelry and other crafty things. She's much craftier than I am. But I I was laid off from my wonderful part-time job and was devastated. And Lindsay talked me into starting my first shop. And from there, the rest is history. (laughs) Thanks to Lindsay. Did you know right away that it was going to be vintage? Yes, I did, because that's my, always been my passion, like you said, since I was a little girl at my Aunt Esther's house. So you just took something that you already knew that you absolutely loved, you know, it kind of resonated with you all the time, but then it was just a matter of, okay, now I have more free time because of what happened with your past job, I'm going to do Etsy because you had seen that Lindsay had been successful. Exactly, yep, that's it. So talk to us a little bit about how you get started with a shop on Etsy. 
It's super easy. Like I always say, if I can do it, anyone can do it. When I first started doing the photography, when I look at my first pictures, they look like a disaster. So that's one thing you've got to learn to take good pictures because everybody wants to see clear pictures. Do you have to have a business license? No, you do not have to have a business license. You just sign up. You have an email. You hook your bank account to it. They really go step by step for you on Etsy to make it easy. Then just start uploading your pictures, make some great descriptions and start selling. It's really easy. And what are the costs then? Do they take a portion of your sale or how does, is it a membership? How does that all work? There's no upfront cost. They take a percent. I'm so bad. I don't even remember. I think maybe 3% of the sales and then it's a 20 cents for each listing. So it's really not that much money. It's not a a big investment. Okay. And kind of risk-free because you're not paying anything to anybody unless a product of yours sells. That's true. There's no risk. Okay. That's why I say just go for it. (laughs) Okay. So it's a certain very small cost to list by item, and then they take a percentage. And what about credit cards or PayPal? Can you use any form of payment? It's up to you if you want to accept checks. I, I do accept checks and money orders, a PayPal and all credit cards. Some people don't want to be involved with PayPal or whatever. So it's all up to you what payments you want to accept. Okay. And then did you have to set up a merchant account for your credit cards? Or is it all just done directly through Etsy? It's all done directly through Etsy. Okay. Super easy. All right. Yeah, it sounds super easy. Any tricks or if someone is just now starting to go on to Etsy, have you seen anything in terms of the description or how you word the setup of your shop that helps attract business? Or is there any advice there? Again, just being the, you know, first look at the platform and setting something up. Oh, definitely. You need to really think about your descriptions and make it pop. And why does somebody want it? And since they can't actually touch the item, you want to make them feel like they're touching the item, especially that goes for with the photography too. We want pictures of every side. Oh, okay. So if it's something that you don't really understand what it would look like all the way around, particularly for you for your vintage, then you take multiple shots of the different angles? Yes, we're allowed, I think it's five shots. And so that helps a lot. Okay. And then also in the setup, I believe I saw that there's a place where you can describe who you are as the seller. Yes, there is. There's a place for that. You can even upload a video. Uh, I haven't really got into that too much in it, but I need to do that. Yeah, well, that's a great idea because video sells. And Gift Biz listeners, we've talked about this in relationship to websites. People nowadays want to know who they're doing business with, and especially for Etsy because it's so personal. It's all artists and crafters and individual people that I would presume it's even more important there because people will resonate with the seller. So if you're ever looking at starting an Etsy shop, make sure to fill out that, I don't know if it's called an About Us page or Sellers page or whatever it is, but do it in a similar manner as we've talked about before with websites. Make it personable. Give a little insight into who you are as a person, not just all about the business. And that really helps to resonate with a buyer. Would you add anything to that, Jen? No, I agree totally with that. And you're motivating me now to get my videos up and updated. That's my next thing. 
Well, so you know what's going to happen now because we're all listening to you and now you're kind of committing to us that you're going to do it. So we're going to go <laughs> exactly. and see. That's right. That's right. Oh, <laughs> I will do it this week. All right. I heard that. <laughs> Let's talk then on the other side. What about any challenges or things that were a little more complicated in relation to Etsy? Is there anything that you've learned along the way that would be good to share? Well, there's all sorts of little challenges that for anybody going through any type of business, you know, the challenge of learning the photography, like I've said before, social media, ways to promote. Right now, I'm going through a major challenge, uh, life change, and I may have to cut down on the sizes of my shops because I may be moving closer to my grandson. So that's my big challenge right now. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. (laughs) I know. No, I'm excited about it. Now, would you say that that's one of the values of Etsy because you can either augment your shop by adding a lot more product or keep it going with fewer products, really? It's just a matter, I think, of your end of putting all the photos up and then obviously filling orders in a timely manner when they come through. Exactly. Yep. Right. So flexibility. I mean, Etsy offers you, it sounds like, great flexibility, as you're saying, to fit into your lifestyle. It's perfect. It's um, like this morning, I was able to go running at seven in the morning and play a little bit of tennis and then come back and go back to my Etsy shops. There you go. So question, why did you decide uh, the very first shop that you had, Jen's Closet, was vintage of all sorts? Why did you then decide to niche it down and do subsets of the overall vintage? Because now you have, if Jen's Closet is more clothing accessories... Uh, no, actually, it's just a mix. Originally, that's why I called it Jen's Closet. I was going to have more clothes, but now I don't even have any clothes in there. So I just kept the name. Okay, so Jen's Closet is a mix of what? It's a mix of everything. Vintage barware, retro. I have a lot of tea party type style things. China, teacups, pink, you know, depression glass. Okay. It's something for everyone in that shop, really. Okay. And then you also have the milk glass shop, which is clearly that, all milk glass, and then the china shop. Yes. Why did you decide to go that route instead of keeping everything under one umbrella? Well, for milk glass, I started to collect quite a bit and it was very popular. So I decided that it was a good idea to branch out and keep it separate. And it's been a great idea. Works out quite well. And then it's, well, it's the same with the china shop. I started collecting a lot and it's very popular for weddings, you know, brides and tea parties and bridal showers. So it worked out well too. You're really confirming what people talk about all the time is that doing subsets and really specializing and focusing in, although you kind of would think, well, maybe I'm limiting myself because someone who might want something that's milk glass is then missing out on seeing everything else that might be in Jen's closet. But It sounds like those all three of the shops are doing really well. And it's probably because you're niching down because they're able to find you in search that much better. Yes, I do believe that's true. I think it's worked out quite well for me. So another thing, you guys, Gift Biz listeners, just to remember, you don't want to try and be everything to everybody. You want to be able to niche it down just like Jen's done here by separating her product categories because she has enough product to make it a separate shop. And oh my gosh, again, Etsy's a great platform, I would say, Jen, because there is no cost to opening multiple shops. You could have 50 shops if you wanted on Etsy. You could have as many as you want. And it doesn't cost any more because it's just by product. 
That's right. If, if you can juggle, I can juggle it quite easy. Some people think, oh, no, I can't handle three shops, but they can if I can. And what would be the difference? What's the issue about juggling the shops? What do you mean by that? Well, you'd have to be able to keep all three open at one time. So I have different browsers and different emails. You have to have different emails for each shop. And some people just feel frazzled by it, the idea of it. Okay. So there's different emails for each shop, and then you have to have the shops open in case people have questions about the product and such, and then how the orders come in? Yes. And I like to get back to all questions within an hour. Got it. Okay. So yeah, 50 would be a little cumbersome, (laughs) even on a desktop computer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't recommend 50. (laughs) All right. So this is an interesting point, though. Let's talk about behind the scenes, because we've been talking about now photography is important and taking angles of the photos, all of that. Let's talk a little bit about the customer service end then. How much time do you feel you're putting in to be successful in terms of replying And what types of comments or insight can you give us on that end in terms of the communication before the sale? Well, customers are the most important thing. So communication is so important. When you have somebody, a customer contacting you with a question, get to them right away, be polite and friendly. And that's what it's all about. Your customers, if you don't have them, guess what? You don't have a shop. Right. And is all your communication done then through email or do you talk on the phone ever? Usually just email. What we It's called conversation on Etsy. There's a button you can press like contact and then you call it a convo. Mm-hmm. And so it's like an Etsy email. All right. And then is there a certain category of, of question that usually is the most frequent that comes in? Or give us a sense of the types of things people are asking about. Through the phone, for some reason, not all the descriptions come out. So if they're shopping via their phone, they don't see... The clear description. So they'll ask if there's any flaws. Sometimes they ask for discounts. And if I'm in a good mood, I might give them one. <laughs> <laughs> Got to catch you at the right time, right? Exactly. Or, you know, you never know. It might be a piece that you've had for a while that you're just like, I am so ready to get this out of here. Yes. Actually, I have one of those that just came up and I sold it. So it worked out well. Good, good, good. <laughs> now, this is a good point because a lot of people now are using their mobile almost exclusively. A lot of people aren't even going back to a desktop anymore. Have you found that the way you make your description, so a lot of the important stuff is up way at the top with just fewer words or something so that it is readable on mobile devices? Exactly right, because you have to have the right keywords to get noticed. Okay, so what is your thought process when you're putting an item up? How do you, like, do you have certain keywords that you use? How do you decide what those first couple of lines are going to be in the description. Depends on trends. Like with China, they love mismatched China. So I'll try to put in words like that, whatever sort of the trends are going. But How do you know the trends? Oh, gosh. Is that just part of knowing your product? Right. It is part of knowing. And, you know, sometimes from questions from customers, that gives me an idea of what the trends are. Oh, good point. Yeah, we always need to be listening to our customers. They provide so much additional information. I think it's so easy to forget that. Right. Okay, so anything else on the descript- the item descriptions? Well, you just want to have, like I measure everything, you know, two inch diameter, two inches tall and the inside diam- diameter, one and a half inches. So they know everything there is to know about it. 
Okay, so I think I've heard you talking. Three things are really super important when you're putting up an item. Not talking price yet, because we're going to get to that in a minute. But in terms of the description would be adding in keywords, because that helps you in search, keeping the most important stuff up to the top when you're putting in the information, especially for mobile, the detail, you know, in terms of the measurements, like Jen's just talking about, and then the photo and multiple angles, depending on your product. So that's actually four things that are super important when you're making your description and putting up each and every item. Does that summarize it there, Jen? That summarizes it pretty well. So now let's talk about pricing. First of all, where you're getting your items from, and then let's go into pricing. That'll be an interesting place for us to take this. In Ohio, we are so lucky because there's so many great places to find antiques and vintage. Thrift shops. I love estate sales, antique shops, even places like Goodwill. Mm -hmm. Garage sales, once in a while, those are more of a hit or miss. So if it's a nice day and I feel like it, I might go to a few of those. And have you educated yourself? You probably, again, know from your great Aunt Esther, but do you have a good feel or knowledge of whether something that you're looking at is high quality or how do you decide what you're going to pick, what you're going to take and put up on your site? Well, I have to say, I think I have a pretty good eye. If you see me in the state sale, I'll just be grabbing. (laughs) Are you one of those people who like right before the door opens, you're there standing in line? Actually, no, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Yeah, I avoid that. Uh Those people are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you're not in that category. No, I'm not. So you've picked up products. Now you're going home. We know how you're going to list them and take photos of them. How are you going to determine what the price is? I have all sorts of methods. I have some reference books. Of course, the internet now that you can find so much. I check on other similar items on Etsy, on eBay. And I just kind of know at this point since I've been doing it since 2008. Okay. And the nice thing for yourself is, you know, you know how much you paid for it. So it's really a matter of how much you want to make on it. Yes. And you you want to make sure that you're making a good profit because you're all, you know, you're going to pay Etsy something. You need to factor in the cost of all your packing and shipping supplies. Those are expensive. Bubble wrap, packing peanuts, tape. Now, is that included in the cost of the product when you list it or does that get included later in the shipping cost? I mix it up a little bit because sometimes the shipping can scare people. So maybe I'll make the price of the item a little bit more because shipping can turn people off. Yeah, it can. So really good point. And this is something that so often I think we as people who are listing on Etsy or who are crafters and selling products anywhere will forget that there's a lot of hidden costs. It's just not the cost of your materials or in Jen's case, the cost of what she picked up a vintage item for. It's also In Jen's case, she had to drive wherever she was going. She was taking time to do that. In the terms of a crafter, you have to get your supplies, time creating everything and putting it all together. And all of that is worth something. So it's not just the raw material costs of acquiring the product. There are a lot of other hidden things. Jen here is also talking about, I think a very great idea is some of the extra shipping costs, bubble wrap, labels boxing, whatever it might be. I don't know if you include notes or any, you know, promotional stuff in, you know, with the box too, Jen, but all of that should be included in the total cost of your products. So something to think about when you're pricing. Very important. Are you able on Etsy to say free shipping? 
very rarely, maybe they're ordering a second item and it's maybe just jewelry. Yes, I can do that. Okay. So you could, if someone was doing something and they wanted to just, you know, maybe it's something that they can even send in an envelope, (laughs) you know, that they could, but there is the option to say free shipping on a store. There is that option. Yes, you can do that. So talk to us a little bit now on the marketing end. How do you drive business over to your stores? There are so many ways, but social media is my favorite. And I have almost 24,000 followers on Twitter because I love to talk. (laughs) And uh, on all my social medias, oh, Instagram is my new favorite. Oh, well, that's good. (laughs) It's so visual, right? Visual. I'm all about the visual. But I like to mix it up. So it's not just not like I'm promoting and I'd like to mix it up with my photography, what I'm doing, maybe playing tennis. So a lot about you too, because honestly, Etsy shop owners, I think the whole concept of Etsy is you're buying from someone who has their own business. So it's great you know, to add in your personal life too. People want to know more about you. Sure. So Twitter and Instagram, and then those lead to your Etsy shops. Yes. Among other things. I have Pinterest and Tumblr and no blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> there's so many. Okay. But would you say Twitter and Instagram now are your biggest? Those are my top. Those are your top. So on Instagram, do you have multiple sites for the shops or, or what site do you lead somebody to since there's only one clickable link there in the bio of Instagram? Well, it's called, it, most of my sites are called Jen's Closet, but in the bio, there is a link to Jen's Closet. They won't give you any more links, but you can add the names of your other shops. And that's what I've done too. Okay. Yeah. And I've seen that there actually, now that you've said that. All right. And so how often do you post on Instagram? Instagram, probably three times a day. And one would be more of maybe something lifestyle cooking. I love to cook. So I post something that I'm making for lunch. Um, and then I'll have at least one that is an Etsy item. And then I love photography and I love to create little tea party vignettes and put that on and people love that. Okay. And then what about Twitter? How often do you post on Twitter? Oh gosh, I'm always on Twitter. If you, anyone out there, if you want to go, go to Jen's closet, you'll see I tweet a lot. It's a crazy amount. I'm embarrassed. I won't even say. Well, but that's a platform where you want to be tweeting a lot. You know, more than 20 a day? Probably because it just random things. I like to post funny things. And like I say, I will post uh, probably in a day, maybe three posts that are Etsy related, but the rest is just fun. All right. And all your, are most of your followers then business or are they friends and family as well? It's a great mix of business, friends. It's funny, important thing on Twitter is the hashtags and I'll hashtag whatever. It's wine. And I'll all of a sudden get wine companies following me. I get quite a few new followers every day. That's wonderful. And so have you been doing that for the last several years or how did it start and build to be as big as it is right now? Twitter, I started in 2008, mostly just to promote my shop. And I don't know. My daughter, it's 23, she says her friends say, wow, what does your mom do? Like I'm some movie star or something. (laughs) She's like nothing. But you've built it up over time. That's the point. You're active. Yes. You're consistent. You post multiple things, you know, from lifestyle to cooking, which is your, you know, a hobby to your business. So it's all encompassing of who you are. And you've been doing it for quite a long time. So that's how you build up the numbers. 
Again, another great point for us all to remember is don't just think, especially on social media, you put your time in and after three months, why are you not seeing all these numbers? (laughs) You have to continue to be consistent and to be posting things that people want to be looking for. Yes, a good mix. And the hashtags are important. Yeah, for sure. On Instagram too, you know, Twitter and Instagram. So you're into the real super hashtag social media platforms. Yes, definitely. All right, Jen, I would like to roll into now our reflection section. This is an in-depth look at you in terms of what types of qualities and things that you're doing that are helping you be as successful as you are. If there's one trait that you have, apart from your Aunt Esther and loving all of vintage, what is it that you call upon within yourself that keeps you going every day? My attitude, I try to keep positive. There's some days it doesn't happen, but... Most days I'm positive and um, happy person, even though circumstances might not be perfect all the time. I'm basically a happy person. Wonderful. And is there a tool that you use regularly in your life? Now, you've already talked about the fact that you get out and get moving because none of us want to be behind the computer all the time. But is that it or is there something else that you do within your business day that you really see is if you didn't have that tool or that ability to do something? it would impede your progress. My best tool is writing, whether it's just lists or a a journal to vent, to talk about what's going on or what you want to do the rest of your life, whatever. Writing is my thing. Is it journaling specifically? Yes, I like to keep a journal. It helps to sort out your thoughts sometimes when you're kind of mixed up with things. So writing's always helped me with that. Do you do a daily entry? I do, daily entry. Do you have a certain time? Is it kind of in a rut- your routine? Do you like get up and do it right away or? No, usually it's later, uh, you know, before bedtime, time to relax and write. All right, wonderful. No one has really talked about that on our podcast yet. So I'm really glad that you are in terms of the value of sitting down, getting your thoughts on paper kind of clarifies for you, it sounds like. It's so important for me. And I think it will help anybody. So you found real advantages in that. And have you read a book lately that you think our listeners could find value in? Well, I'm not really very good about reading books, but I did go to the library yesterday and bought, see, I, like I said, I'm more of a visual. So I bought two, if you've heard of Rachel Ashwell, Shabby Chic, I love her. Mm-hmm. I borrowed two of her books and then I bought two other vintage one called The Vintage Table Treasures, and it's really a cool book. And then another one called The Serene Home, and it's all inspirational pictures and ideas for your home, decorating, and includes vintage, of course. So those are my books. Will you be relating those to your business at all? Yes, actually, I already posted a few pictures from the book on Instagram yesterday. Oh. Anybody that wants to go see that on Jen's Closet again, Instagram. Interesting. So you're using the book just because you like the information first off, but then also you're using it for post content for social media, and then probably also continued education on vintage. Yes. And the pictures inspire me. And after going through the book, it inspired me to make another one of my cute little vignettes and post that on Instagram. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, Gift Biz listeners, Jen's books are more visual books, because obviously that's her industry. But since you're listening to the podcast today, I know you like to listen to audio books and get your information via audio. 
So I've teamed up with Audible for you to be able to get an audiobook for free. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and pick out your book. That's giftbizbook.com. All right, Jen, now I would like to invite you to dare to dream. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this would be your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? Okay. One of my biggest fears is speaking in front of an audience. So that is the gift I want, the gift to be able to speak comfortably in front of an audience. And let's say that gift was granted. Where are you going to speak? I am going to start by with smaller groups. And of course, it's going to be something that I love to talk about, vintage. Oh, there you go. So you want to educate people on vintage. Yes. Have you ever heard that public speaking is the biggest fear anybody ever has? Have you heard that before? No, I did not know that. It is people fear public speaking even more than passing away. It's like the number one fear. So I'm not alone. You are not (laughs) alone. So you know what you need to do is you just need to find that place where you're going to go speak and just get up and do it. (laughs) Because everyone has to start from the beginning, right? I've even heard that Barbara Streisand, before she gets on stage and sings, still gets nervous. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like as if she hasn't proved herself over and over and over already, right? Well, I feel a little bit better. And now that I put that out there, I guess I have to do this too. Yeah, see, we're making you commit. You didn't realize that was what you were in for when you agreed to do this show. (laughs) Such pressure. Oh, gosh. (laughs) This is really interesting. I am quite sure that some of our listeners are going to be wanting to go and see some of these products. Where's the best place for someone to go if you had one touch point that you wanted to drive people to? Where would that be? Well, I guess it would be to one of my Etsy shops, Jen's Closet, jenscloset.etsy.com. And there you also have in your bio the names of the other shops. And Gift Biz listeners, as you know, there's always the show notes page. So there will be the links to, let's see, at least Jen's closet on Etsy. Maybe all of them. Maybe we should just put all of them up there. And then also Instagram, Twitter, all the social media links so you can see what she's up to, what she's cooking for lunch today. (laughs) That's right. In case you want to know what I'm eating for lunch. Well, Jen, thank you so much. This has really been enlightening in terms of how to start Etsy. And I think exciting for a lot of our listeners to see that it's really pretty easy. And, you know, you want to take the time, though. Ease does not mean simple, laid back. You don't work with it, right? Because you heard what Jen was saying, that you're going to have customer service questions. You're going to want to ship out product, timely, all of that. But in terms of being able to get a store up on Etsy and get going. Very small investment, seems to be pretty smooth. You don't need to have merchant accounts and other types of things if you're opening a shop. So really, I would say nothing's stopping you. And we can all thank Jen for sharing so much valuable information for us. I really appreciate it, Jen. Thank you so much. Continued success to you. And may your candle always burn bright. Thanks so much, Sue. This has been so much fun. Learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business. Download our guide called 25 Free Tools to Enhance Your Business and Life. It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com slash tools. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. 
Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a Happy Birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well. 